I don't know if you could hear that or not, but that um, one of the choir members went, oh, we did it. <laughs> yeah. And then I turned around and um, turned my microphone from, off, from on to off as I got up here. So <laughs> we do, are continuing the sermon series about discipleship, about growing in Christ. What is our role? What is it that we are supposed to be doing? In the first sermon, we looked at the great command to love the Lord our God with everything that we have, with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Last week, we looked at the fact that that love for God and God's love that comes back to us overflows from us into the lives of others, and we are commanded to love others, and the fact that our neighbor is everyone that we encounter. Love is the mark that tells us we belong to God. So once we've gotten those things together, we are loving God and we are loving others. Now, Jesus gives us a commission to go continue his work. Hear these words from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I want to talk about three things in here. The who, the where, and the what. The who. Who? Who's supposed to go? Well, we know that Jesus is talking to his disciples. That this is after his resurrection, after he's appeared to more than 500 people since being resurrected. And he is getting ready to leave for the final time before he comes back in all of his glory to receive us again. And this is the last words that he shares with his disciples. And he gives them a commission It becomes very easy for us sometimes to say, well, yes, that's what those 11 disciples were supposed to go do. That's what people who are called to full-time ministry are supposed to do. That's what missionaries are supposed to do. But I would say that this commission applies to every single person who is a follower of Christ. When we are baptized into covenant with Christ, with God through Jesus Christ, We are ordained to go and continue his ministry. There is no evidence in the Bible. It is just not a biblical faith to think that you were saved to sit and sing or to stand and listen. You weren't. You were commissioned to join a movement to to get on a lifestyle and a journey with Jesus Christ and to take as many people with you as you can. We are all called to go make disciples. So this verse applies equally to all of us. We're going to talk more specifically in the next couple of weeks about the role of the pastor in discipleship and the role of our worship gatherings and small groups in discipleship. But hear this, as uncomfortable as it may make us, as nervous as it may make us, we're all called to be witnesses to Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be as witnesses where we are and in all of our circles of influence. That takes us into the where. Very often we hear this, go make disciples, and we plan mission trips 
We commission missionaries to go do this on the other side of the world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Certainly there are calls to go. Paul heard the call to go. To go from being a Pharisee, a Jew, and a follower of Jesus to leave and to go reach Gentiles, people outside of the covenant people of Israel. So there are calls to go. But the word that is used here, if we look at the Greek, is a form that means ongoing. So you don't just go once, it's own, it's still happening. It has already begun to happen and continues to happen into the future. It basically means everywhere you go. Some of the translations will even say, and as you are going, make disciples. This is what I call lifestyle evangelism. You don't have to memorize four points to the Roman road. You don't have to take a class. What it means is that everything you do and everywhere you go, you are a witness to Jesus Christ. You are open to listening to who the Holy Spirit is sparking you to pay attention to, to the mother who is struggling with the toddler, to the older gentleman who's been waiting a long time for his prescription. For the person in line that doesn't have quite enough. For the person in road rage who cuts you off in traffic and you want to rear end them and play bumper cars about it. But to stop and go, where is their relationship with God? A coworker, a friend, a next door neighbor, that you hear their hurt and their pain and you have what they need. You have the love of God. You have the peace that comes with belonging to Jesus Christ, and you can offer that to them. I'm not talking about making a formal appointment to sit down and go over everything with them and ask them to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about the conversation that begins, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about loving your neighbor enough to care about where they are and what they're going through. And to offer them the peace of God for what they're facing. Let me give you an example. I got on an elevator one time, was already very nervous about it. um, Because it was a gentleman alone on the elevator. I don't usually do that. But I was in a hurry. I was late to an appointment. I got on the elevator. I could hear the man behind the sunglasses go. (laughs) I don't know you. But I finally said, are you okay? Well, the man on this elevator in a hospital had just been let go from his job, and he was dreading going home and telling his family, and he just unloaded all of that on me in the elevator. <laughs> and I thought, whew, my first thought was I should have minded my own business. Um, but I did respond to the Holy Spirit, and I was able to say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Could I pray for you? It felt like a little thing, but it seemed to mean much to him. I recently had a a healthcare provider um, who noticed um, in trying to help me with my neck how very tense and tight I was and said, you must be under a lot of stress right now. So I shared a little bit. Hmm, Worldwide pandemic, having to go back outside to worship in the August heat, um, Two, uh, two-thirds of the pastoral staff with um, cancer diagnoses and treatment going on. Others fixing to have a very difficult week remembering a tragedy and a crisis. Yeah, it's a little bit of stress in there. And at the end of the appointment, he said, 
Before you go, can I pray with you? He won all sorts of points with me just for recognizing that and wanting to offer me some peace. There will be moments when it doesn't feel appropriate and moments when it does, but we're just, as we're going, witnessing for Christ and looking for those opportunities to just say, I can pray with you or can I listen? Can I do anything for you? That's how we make disciples. We share Jesus with them. On the other hand, there is a group and I believe they are to the core of their being attempting to be faithful to that, what they believe is their call. But they regularly take their van that is equipped with speakers and they roll out to the East Gadsden parking lot, East Gadsden Walmart parking lot, and they set those speakers out and you'll see them either standing in front of the van <clears throat> or some of the younger men will climb on top of the van and they have a microphone and they will preach at you And they will let you know what they think is happening with the state of your soul and what you need to do because of it. Now, I believe they're being faithful, but I'd love to know how many people stop their car, get out, hit their knees, and come to Jesus from that. I think people discover Jesus when they get to know us and they see Jesus in us. And they realize we might have something carrying us through something difficult that they need to carry them through something difficult. Or we experience more joy than they do. And they wonder about that. Our relationships are what will give us the opportunity to share Jesus with them. Which takes me to the what. What are we supposed to do? All too often in Christianity, we have been concerned with getting people to make a conversion to get them to make a profession of faith. According to this scripture here, it is about so much more than just converting. We are supposed to make disciples of them. Look, my page turned. No wonder that didn't make sense. We're supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. That profession of faith is the beginning of a lifelong journey. So when you get to know someone, don't get to know them just to share Jesus with them. Get to know them because you should get to know them. Share Jesus with them and then continue that friendship as you walk together in Jesus Christ. Baptism is the initiation, the coming into the covenant family of God. But then there's teaching and there's growth. We need to learn. We need to learn all that Jesus said. We need to figure out how to apply it in there and to obey and the biggest thing we learn to obey is to love others and to love God because that's the mark of us being Christians and disciples of Christ we all have been given this (coughs) excuse me all have been given this great commission to continue the work of Jesus you may have heard it said that you may be the only Bible some people ever read You may also be the only Jesus anybody ever sees. Our goal is to reflect Jesus to all those we come in contact with. Work, school, home, neighborhood, community. Share the love of Christ with them. That all the world may know how much God loves them. Will you pray with me? Almighty, gracious, and loving God, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, 
for your great love, which comes to us, that you loved us before we even knew to love you. And the extent to which you have gone to show your love for us over and over, you call us back to faithfulness. You forgive us and you show us mercy. We ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to encourage and empower us to be your witnesses to our communities, to our circle of influence, that all may know of your great love. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.